All right, guys. Welcome back to another episode of A Hundred Books a Year with Kevin. Um, today, uh, for this podcast, I think this is the very first time for my new book podcast. Um, it's the first time that I'm I'm doing this series called um, Mark's Memo. So, um, ever since the beginning of the pandemic, uh, I've been um getting into the rabbit hole for uh, Howard Marks, who uh who um is the uh, top executive at Oak Tree capital management, um, probably one of the forward thinking figures on market cycles and um, in terms of, okay, where are we at and where are we going next? And um, for my previous podcast, the RDR show, uh, I've been doing, uh, so every single time that Howard Marks re- uh, releases a memo, I read it uh, thoroughly, I highlight, I take notes. Usually gonna take me oh like like an hour or something like that because there are like twelve pages. I think this one is like seventeen pages. Um, so, <coughs> excuse me. So I trying to um, break it down for you guys and trying to dissect it for myself, so uh, so to speak. So um, today I just want to uh, dive into one of his latest. Um, memo coming into focus uh just came out like two days ago i read it yesterday um so i don't know if i'm able to finish this right away or today but uh we'll see maybe we'll do something tomorrow to finish it off so first of all right so uh he hasn't released a memo for the last couple months or so um because the economy nothing really has changed right Uh, we saw the uh coronavirus kind of like got con contain for a little bit right like you know uh i i do believe that you know like you know august at like at least in the place where i live is going down and now it's coming back again because the schools are are reopening right um the little kids are like you know super spreaders so um in a larger scale it doesn't really change that much and um, I think the last time we talked about uh, Mark's memo, it says that, you know, because he is an expert for uh, marketing cycle, right? He has this book called Mastering the Marketing Cycle. So he makes a point during his last um, memo that um, this particular downturn is not like anything else we've experienced in uh, th- uh, throughout history because it, this is not caused by a normal downturn of a cycle, right? If you think about cycling, uh, or Marcus cycle, not riding a bike, uh, <laughs> is that um, whenever you have the market go up, that means the company, the public traded companies, right? They're, they they do their do their earnings call, and then their actual performance is beating the expectation, and then boom, the market goes up, right? Or, the, or a particular uh, section of the stock goes up. So, in a sense that uh, up cycles are powered by good psychology, right? Uh, everybody being more optimistic and a down cycle, meaning that the stock price is a season value. It's a bubble, right? So um, a collapsing e- economy in a sense that it needs a good dose of stimulus to pull it out of the swoon. That's what had happened, right? For the last, I think Trump issued a $1,200 uh, uh, money i think in april and then they're in talks for another one but the talks got stopped because trump wasn't making more political but 
anyway, um, so the downturn typically are from you know uh, economic reason or economic weakness. Um, they're usually can be repaired by economic tools, but this one is different, right? Because this is a sudden stop of all transaction of you know like. Uh, there's not a you know a kind of a slower decline for businesses. It just from all time high to zero, right? There's no gradual decrease in terms of uh, business activities. So this down cycle cannot be fully cured merely through the application of a stimulus, right? I.e., giving people money left and right. But it has to be contained for the reason that it brought us down, right? So the in another world, the COVID nineteen, the pandemic must be contained before we can have a clear picture of what's going on. And I think that makes a lot of sense, um, because this whole thing is actually brought down by the pandemic, right? So, um, it is what it is, um, and, and. Unlike another war, right, is that um, we sort of just start printing money out of the blue, right? I think we print $6 trillion uh, ever since the pandemic. And those dollars, some of it goes uh, go out to the citizen, but some of it, like most of it, did not really go to the citizens, right? So they weren't made to get a recipient to spend so much or keep the e- keep the economy going. The amount that distributed are actually not the primarily like reason for the stimulus. Like it's probably going into in terms of um, you know uh, banks right keeping banks afloat. So companies like everybody else needs significant relief as well. So. In a sense, we are at a point where the economic recovery that everybody is counting on is not just a one fix, you know, fix all event. It really depends on the progress of the vaccine, the progress of the disease, and also what are we looking at in terms of the federal resolution and what can the feds do. So, and then uh, Howard Marks kind of dive into. Uh, the idea of interest rates, right? And, and and I think this bears me to spend some time talking about it, maybe as the last point for today, is that uh, the power of interest rates is real. And then what kind of an aspect, what kind of a effects that lower the interest rate will do, right? So first of all, there is a, a you know, a, what's the term? Boosting effect for lower uh, interest rate. So, more people think that uh, when the rate is cut, everything as in terms of financing, it's more attractive, right? So we're talking about cars, monthly payments start going down, leaving consumer with more disposable income, right? So cutting interest rate can do that as a good thing for the consumer. Secondly, lower interest rate increases a discounted present value of future cash flow. So this is more of a finance term. So what that means is that in a, f- a realm of finance, when we're calculating the time values of money, we are discounted future cash flow. So i.e. what kind of a, you know, money can we 
a cure from the future translate to where we are right now, right? So an example, let's say if you want a return of 7%, right, a year, then you pay 0.51, so you pay 51 cents today, and you get $1 in 10 years. So that is the 7% of, re of returns, right? So what that means is lower the interest rate makes this type of a calculation more favorable, that the future cash flow gets calculated better. So it actually raises the uh, DCF, right? The discounted future cash flow. Number three, um, the low risk-free rate bring down the demanded return along all capital market line. So what that means is we have a certain, we have maybe four or five different, um, I want to say public traded equities. Um, so if you rank it from the lowest risk to the highest risk, we have the risk-free rate, we have the treasury bond, we have the high-grade bond, we have the quality stocks, we have the aggressive stocks, we have the high-yield bonds, we have the private equity, right? So that's ranking from the least amount of risk to most amount of risk, right? So the idea is that the risk-free rate, right? So the lowest risk possible can refer to complete safety, right? So like your 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 money is not going to get away because this is primarily on a short-term deal. So that in a short term, like, you know, um, you know, a government can print out whatever money that they need to like, pay you back, right? So, um, so in a sense, since March, uh, the Federal Reserve uh, cut the rates by 1.5%. So what that means is that they're lowering the entire line. So let's say the risk is uh, going up in the middle of the graph, and then if they cut the interest rate, the entire line of risk goes down, right? So we are bringing down the entire risk line. So what that means is that the overall return will be lower as well, right? Because you brought down more risk with, with a low, uh, lower uh, interest rate, then you, the entire return will go down as well. So he gave an example here, I think are really interesting. In 1978, um, they were trading um, high-yield bonds. So on the scale of uh, risk, it's actually pretty risky trading high-yield bonds in terms of private equity. So what that means is back then, the uh, 10-year treasury note was about 9% re return, right? So uh, when we're talking about the treasury bill or the treasury bond, it's a 9% return. If you are doing high-yield bonds, it has to be higher than that, right? So it has to offer 12% in return to make it attract capital, right? So because of that, it need to go that high then there's a lot more pressure on the trader, right? There's a lot more pressure on the financial institution. So if the federal interest rate right now is like, you know, for a 10-year bond, it's like 1% or 1.25%, then people don't need to hit a mark that high. People need to only hit maybe 5 or 6% to make it a good investment. So the point here is that the lower the interest rate, the lower the perspective returns, needed to attract capital to the other asset. So what that means is, if your interest rate is 1%, then I can 
you know, shoot for, you know, it's a lower bar pretty much. So I can shoot for a 5%, maybe a 6% return. It's actually a lot easier in terms of hitting that goal. So lower the yields on bonds, right? The lower the interest rate, it offers less competition to stocks and stocks don't have to be cheap to attract buying. So what that means is that assets or asset classes are interconnected, right? So money move from one end to the other end and then we're just trying to search for the best bargain. So in a sense that uh, changing the risk-free rate, so changing the lowest risk interest rate on that has the potential to reset the returns on everything. So, right, we're, so we're not talking about just moving one risk asset or equity up and down the return scale. We're actually moving the entire line from risk-free rate to treasury bond to high-yield bond to private equity. The entire line got dropped because of that. Okay. All right. Cool. Uh, it has been 13 minutes. I'm probably going to wrap it for now. And tomorrow we can keep talking about this lower interest rate thing. And then we're going to make probably a series out of this because there's so much good information here. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you like it, please sub uh, subscribe to the episode. Tomorrow we're going to come back and chat about it even more. All righty. Bye.